Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Away we go, hour two on a great day for talk radio. I'm only saying that because Mike drew the blinds and can't see outside. Uh, we know it's coming down. I've had reports, and uh, we do periodically update the traffic, which is hellacious, as I'm told, on the drive home. But nonetheless, uh, here we are with our panel slated to go at 520, topics worthy of discussion. And I thought before we got to that, let's get to the former U.S. ambassador to Canada who's joined me in the studio, Bruce Heyman, all the way in from Chicago. And there's much to address, not least of which is, First of all, welcome, and uh, you brought the weather with you, I see. But this is some 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 kind of old home week thing for you, because Chicago is no better than Ontario. You know, it's about the same in Chicago, but, I, you know, we, we love to push it up your way, because we get Canadian weather coming down to us all the time. So if we can have a chance to be reciprocate, reciprocate to you, it's a pleasure. That's it, a treaty of reciprocity. Yeah, uh, who exactly. That, that could still exactly. happen in this day and age. Now, you were the U.S. ambassador to Canada from 14 to 17, uh, I guess, uh, Obama's second-term ambassador. Yes, you were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so uh, you lived in Ottawa. I did. Enjoy it? Loved it. Really? What a great... So for someone who's spent the last three decades plus in Chicago, to get to a town the size of Ottawa was a real pleasure. And, you know, you could get around easily. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, get to know everybody in the town. Not everybody, but a lot of people. (laughs) You could. And, uh, you know, we built um, a real nice set of friends that we'll maintain for the rest of our lives. Did you go skating on the Rideau Canal? So, do you want me to tell you a story? Sure. Okay, so before becoming ambassador, okay, this is a story that I actually haven't told very frequently but before becoming ambassador, I, I was doing a little film about, you know, get to know me kind of film that we thought we'd use on social media. So we had this bright idea. My wife had this bright idea to go ice skating in Millennium Park, which is downtown Chicago. Right. Um, so, so everybody can picture this. I don't ice skate. All right. Mm. I give it my best shot, but I haven't done it since like I was 12. Mm. And I'm a little older now. So I get out, um, I, I remember going around once, okay? So I go around once, and then I, that's all I remember. I don't remember anything else because I fell and smacked my head oh. right on the ice. Completely knocked me out. Wow. And so, you know, after a little trip to the hospital and examination, they said I was okay. So good news is uh, I'm here, and, but I did not skate that canal. Oh, I see. All right. Uh, I, you know what? I Once it. down, I'm not going down again. No, no, for certain. Uh, and, you know, we just had a, a big concussion protocol and settlement with the NHL players and uh, a group there that had sued. So it's a dangerous uh, bi- bit of business, you know, skating on the ice. Especially way, this guy. Yeah. I, you know. Well, look, you know, but being from Chicago. I don't even pretend to skate. So. Right. <laughs> you got a good hockey team, or did. I mean, three Stanley Cups in a matter of six years, and uh, they spell hockey in Chicago, H-A-W-K. EY, you know. You know, that's exactly right, but it's our good Canadians and Jonathan Taves. We really appreciate the good work he did to give us a number of Stanley Cups in Chicago. And President Obama ribbed, uh, you know, the prime minister quite a bit when we had a state dinner and they were all together. So we had the cup there. So I, I want to make sure the prime minister knew what it looked like. 
<laughs> Ouch. Uh, you're putting the blade in. Bruce Heyman's with us, a former U.S. ambassador to Canada. So are you a career diplomat? Did you have other postings? I was actually in banking, raised our family, lived in the city, and a strange thing happened. One night I we went to dinner at a friend's house, uh, and he said, I have, um, I have this guy, Barack Obama. He's going to join us for dinner. And he, I knew him because he was a brand-new senator, and I'm like, okay, great. We sat there for dinner for a few hours. At the end of that dinner, my wife and I got up, we walked out, and we looked at each other, and we said, oh, my God, I've never met anybody like this guy. And that's the kind of guy that should be president of the United States. And we looked at each other, you know what? We're not politically engaged. We're not deep Democratic uh, loyalists, although we voted regularly. Um, but we said, you know what? If he ever runs for president, we're going to be there for him. Hmm. And we started working. We were there the first day he announced and throughout the first campaign and then the second campaign. And we developed a, a good relationship with him, obviously. And, you know, um, when he gave me this opportunity, I couldn't say no. Interesting. Uh that happened at a dinner, and next thing you know, you're spirited off to Ottawa. Bruce Heyman, former U.S. ambassador to Canada. But, you know, uh, when we look at Chicago and the situation, I mean, his former chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, has been the mayor. Right. Under Mayor Emanuel, uh, things are spiraling out of control. I mean, as a native son of Chicago, and you worked with Goldman Sachs there, I guess, as uh, you were one of the mucky mucks in the, the office there in Chicago. Uh, what's going on in that city and the, the murder rate? And uh, it seems unabated. I mean, how come nobody can get a handle? Because you guys have gun control, don't you? Yeah, I wish we had gun control in the United States. And the reality is it's a, it's a real difficult issue in, in the country. And well, see, the for shootings example, that are going on in, in the city are just horrific and deeply upsetting. That being said, People should just keep things in context, and, and you know, this is a beautiful city and a great city to travel to. It's safe in the, in, the, in, in the downtown areas where you would be visiting. It's fantastic city in terms of culture, food, restaurants, and we've attracted a lot of Fortune 500 companies that have moved in the last few years. So it's a tale of different cities, actually. And so while, you know, some of the gunshot violence, which I don't want to minimize at all mm-hmm. um, is um, is is grabbing headlines. I will also tell you that there are a lot of other good things. Well, no, I'm not. I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Insofar as that's no, concerned, okay. I've been to Chicago. I love yeah. it. I mean, you know, and uh, you walked up to a Cubbies game one night. Uh, you know, the whole uh, zoo there and uh, Millennium Park and it's great. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. But I, I guess I'm perplexed because you know. Uh, the story goes Chicago uh, has a gun ban. See, in Toronto, they're talking about it, too. Our mayor is. Uh, they're even talking, proposing a gun ban across the country. And will it deter violent crime? Because it doesn't seem to have done the trick in Chicago. I'm wondering what's going on there. Well, if you can get guns in Indiana or you right. can get guns shipped in from elsewhere and you do it illegally, I mean, you know, the, the issues are much more challenging than that. I think we have a national issue. I think we have a drug issue. Mm-hmm. We have a gang issue. So it's not just the guns themselves, but it's also everything else that contributes to it. And so, you know, we have a, a, a number of social ills that we have to tackle as, as, as a country and as a city. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, not, um, it's not a new set of issues for the city. It's, a, it's something that unfortunately has been with us a while. And that doesn't... Uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be tackling it. Uh, Mayor Emanuel's not running again for office. And no. 
So we, we have new candidates uh, that are announcing. We, in fact, 17 candidates have announced. And we have an election in February. So, you know, I'm hopeful that the new mayor will be able to do the kinds of things with the police department and with the schools. And, you know, but we have a very difficult uh, budget situation. And so the combination of all that is you don't have much money, but you've got to solve all these problems. And sure. so that's that's the tale of Chicago right now. I was just going to say, you know, you've got an election in February and hopefully the ballots will be counted by sometime in May in Florida. They've had a real oh, issue. Is that What's going bad on? or what? Yeah. I mean, why is that happening? It just doesn't reflect positively on certain states. I mean, they're still counting ballots after the midterms. You know, I saw the announcement the other day that they're going to live stream the Mars Land Rover landing <laughs> on Mars, right? And like next week or so. Uh-huh. And I said... They can live stream a Mars lander, but they can't count votes in Florida. I, you know, this is ridiculous. And so the, the reality is that these are state run. So these are not federal. So you hear about an individual state. You know, some states, you know, boom, boom, boom. Here are the totals. This is who won. This is it. Good night. Other states, it takes a lot longer. Some of these states where it's ma- you can mail it in, that's fine. And those should all be counted. But the reality is that the process seems broken. The equipment seems inadequate. The, mm. you know, the each each different you know county seems to be placing names in different places on the ballot. So they've got this issue in one county where the name for the senator was below the instructions on how to do the ballot. <laughs> so funny how that is. That guy didn't get enough votes. So uh, you know, you wonder whether that's purposeful or not. But in any case, I, we can do better. Oh, my gosh, we can do better. Well, you know, uh, sometimes we joke somewhat sarcastically if we uh, do have these foul-ups in Canada. We're the first third-world country with snow. Uh, But, uh, you know, when it does approximate, uh, you know, a developing nation, that's kind of a hard thing to swallow. By the way, Canada, when you do assess uh, your time in Canada, albeit it was brief, three years, uh, what did you like best about it? The people. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, we had the opportunity to travel coast to coast to coast. We did every province, every territory. I've been in the Arctic multiple times. Really? And uh, I will tell you, at every turn, we have met the most amazing, kind, generous, thoughtful people and reaching out to us talking about um, their expectations for America and their desires and their experiences, and it, it, and, but also welcoming us into their homes um into their with their family and family celebrations it was it was the best and we continue to come back here and and enjoy um all these great relationships we've built what brings you to canada this time around so we're going to bar mitzvah this weekend Uh and so we come back our friends family's going to do that but in addition to that we've then set up dinners i'm going to catch uh uh, a show here tonight in town with my wife a date night so (laughs) i'm excited about that Uh and so, you know, little bit of media, little few meetings, and, uh, and just some, um, some, some downtime. Do you miss the diplomatic corps? There are aspects of it I miss. I will tell you, it would be very hard for me to serve under this president. And so, um, you know, as a, as a result of that, I think I'm having a better impact on the U.S.-Canada relationship as a citizen ambassador, you know, in the United States, you get to keep the title ambassador. Mm-hmm. I believe with that comes responsibility, you know. And so I have taken it on personally to be a promoter of the U.S.-Canada relationship, especially at a time where a president has taken um, some personal attacks on 
the prime minister and the foreign minister and, and, and the country in ways that are deeply upsetting to me. So I'm, uh, I'm out um, speaking, writing op-eds, doing what I can, started an enterprise that focuses on the U.S.-Canada relationship, and that's what I'm spending all my time on. Do you think there's been a setback for bilateral re- uh, relations between Canada and the U.S.? There's a setback, I think, politically. I think there are a lot of uh, Canadians that are uh, deeply offended by um, the president's his actions. I've been told on a number of occasions that um, people are upset about this. Um, here's what I can tell everyone. We share this 5,525-mile border all the way up Alaska and all the way across our country. Canada borders one country and and a bunch of water. And um, you're our best trading partner in the whole wide world. I mean, absolutely best. And it's a balanced trading relationship. You supply more energy to the United States of every type, renewable and otherwise, uh, to the United States. Um, We do things internationally together through NORAD and NATO and all the work that we do and, and promoting the values that we have. But more important than all of that is that we're really family, and we are from a common mother, as they say on the Peace Arch out west, um, but we are from common beginnings. And our, uh, I can't tell you, we have, according to the U.S. government, um, we have 600,000 American citizens in Canada, which I'm tried, tried my hardest to get to vote, <laughs> and every one of you should vote next, you know, in 2020. Um, but we have hundreds of thousands of Canadians in the U.S. and a lot of dual citizens and a lot of families that have relatives that are married across the border. We're family together. We're going to get through this. There's no one person, I believe, even if he is the president of the United States, that will permanently damage this relationship. There will be some setbacks, and I think his language and behavior um, is reprehensible in my view. Um, but, but the economy not, is going gangbusters. Economy is going, yeah. So you got the economy, it's going gangbusters, but that doesn't uh, excuse uh, some of this behavior. Do you think because the Dems now control the House, he's got the Senate uh, and the executive branch, anything of consequence going to get done in the next two years? Um, I think there is a potential for some really good things to get done, and it's a question of, of both sides finding the path to success. You know, what we've been in in a world of this, what I call a binary outcome, You know, I win, you lose. And there are a lot of outcomes that we can find that it's I win, you win. And there are paths to doing that. We've had that kind of relationship with Canada for years. So I think Democrats and Republicans can do that. Let's talk some examples. Infrastructure. You know, everybody, whether you live in a red state or a blue state, highways and bridges and, you know, all of the infrastructure of our country is in need of repair. And so, you know, coming up with a plan for infrastructure. I think that there are plans on, it's clear Americans said that they wanted um, uh, people with, uh, with pre-existing conditions uh, to be taken care of and to be able to get insurance. We should be able to ensure that that is definitely protected on an ongoing basis. Republicans and Democrats both said it in the campaign. Well, I mean, Barack Obama was uh, angling towards a single-payer system, much like Canada's. Do you think the Americans would go for that? Oh, my gosh. You know, while that's maybe a possibility someday down the road, I don't think that given this divide right now that that's possible right now, no. All right. And by the way, the steel and aluminum tariffs that have been imposed by President Trump, you know, it's hurting Canada. Uh in a perfect world, if you were in charge, would you lift those? Absolutely, in a minute. 
it's that it's he's used this crazy provision in a, in a law that was enacted in 1962 security and he calls it for national security but who's the judge of the national security ah, his whole team his executive branch so that's why they're not talking about auto tariffs they're talking about you can make a tariff on anything if he deems it to be a national security threat it is offensive to me as the former u.s ambassador to canada that he is taxing steel and aluminum of canadians as a national security threat. It's well, wrong. He paints himself as an economic nationalist. Anything wrong with that? Yeah, everything's wrong with that. The people who did that before, that was the preface to the, the Great Depression. Economic nationalists are, are uh, very naive. And the reality is that no one country possesses all of the commodities and talent to fully thrive and survive. We do better if we make things together and build things together. Wish we had more time. Next time you're in town, you'll have to dial us up and you got uh, we'll deal. do it again. You got a deal. Well, we love this city. We love this town and so glad to be back. I really appreciate your dropping by. Bruce Heyman, the former U.S. ambassador to Canada from Chicago. And uh, we will talk again soon, I'm sure. Look forward to it.